keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And you're Eric. And I'm Fisher. Eric Fisher. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Hey, I'm out of practice because I haven't co-hosted this show in a long time. And this is the space where Grace Duffy would usually say that she is Grace Duffy, but I, I am also not her. I am Eric Fisher, and welcome. <laughs> and we wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor of the show. Uh, the way we're doing this awesome show with the lower thirds and the cool backgrounds, we are using Ecam. So find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecam. Socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecamp and we're multi-streaming to every sort of place you can imagine i think they have like 30 plus destinations i think we're using maybe six including amazon live but it's with restream so uh ecamp ties right into restream so make sure you guys go follow them check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash restream so today we are going to be talking all about these new apple podcasts and so um if you have not been in the news lately um, with all this updates, you know, we've covered some of the updates that we've talked about with Apple and how that's going to affect marketing. But they've also with this new, what is it, iOS 14.6 or something like yep. that. Um, that's right. Well, look how good I was. Uh, so point that uh, the podcast app changed as well. And there's a couple different things that's going to happen because of this. There, There's um, that the app app has actually changed the way it like kind of looks and works. And they're also rolled out um, smart subscription. I mean, subscriptions, affiliates and some other things we're going to be talking about today. So let's just jump right into this new Apple podcast app. So here's kind of the summary of that. So the app got a redesign and it's got channels now to help people find new content created by their favorite creators. And these channels will feature like artwork, titles, and descriptions that are unique to Apple Podcasts. And the thing is, some might promote free content while others are paid. It's it's kind of redesigned to look more modern. It's filtering like the latest episodes. And here's the problem, like it was broken and it's still somewhat broken. Like some people can't delete episodes, uh, actually, many users are saying they hate it. And there's actually some people who say it's like a crime against humanity. It's that bad. So, Eric, I know like a lot of us here probably use a third party app like, you know, Overcast. I think both you and I use Overcast mm -hmm. to consume our content. But have you seen this broken app, how it works? And do you think it will like actually affect downloads? Uh, well, one, I think so, because if the, if it's not properly feeding the episodes, which is also another issue that's been talked about recently, is how long it's taking for episodes to actually show up in Apple Podcasts to then be fed out to, if you're subscribed through that method, for it to show up in your podcast player. Uh, there's been, you know, talk of, you know, it's still been 24 hours. I've released a show. It's not out there kind of stuff. And I'm like, geez. And, you know, I'm following the podcasting space since what was it, April 21st, when Apple had their last uh, event. They've got another one coming up in WWDC in June. But they, that when they announced all these podcast changes and and we'll go over some of the other right. ones as well, this podcast app. Um, it's not just the podcast app, but it's the new podcast space mm -hmm. and 
can, you know, converting your account into a new version as, you know, behind the scenes with podcasting and all that. And what's interesting is, is like, there's people who, when they made those changes would just, they're there, they would go in and it would just be hung and right. it would, it, and it was like day 21, day 25 day, you know, and it's like, you know, it, almost like they were in the civil war dearest. So-and-so <laughs> right, today, right. my podcast still isn't refreshing and, you know, it, that kind of stuff, as I would see their tweets. And yeah. it was very, one, uh, heartening to me that I never touched it because I was like, hold on, I'm going to wait till they like fully, fully roll this out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was glad I wasn't like a, an early adopter in this case because I was like, dude, I'm not going to mess up anything with my show right now. Like, right. I'm not going to switch any train tracks whatsoever. So, Yeah. yeah. I I think that so I think it is going to mess up downloads. I would be careful. I would say to anybody who hasn't switched over yet to the new version of I'm I'm forgetting what it's called. It's Podcast um, Connect, I think, is the thing. Connect, that you, yes. Yeah. I was going to check the notes real quick, but the uh, Podcast Connect, they they boasted new stats and new everything in there. And again, I decided I'm not going to touch that till they like fully release that it's like ready to you know, mm-hmm. that it's, it's ready for prime time in other words. And I'm, so, yeah. So uh, let's talk about podcast connect for a little bit. So like you said, there's, there's new stats in there. There's new ways to go about, you know, getting stuff. And there's been a lot, if you follow any of the podcast news, uh, there's been a lot of issues. Uh, the guy from uh, Buzzsprout, I think, isn't that a, the, um, I can't remember his name, the big podcast platform um, that it, he tried to walk through and, and submit a new one. This was last mm, month yeah. and he was having issues actually getting it through. They were hiding RSS feeds, which is what podcasts used to push out everywhere and like who owns the feed, all this stuff. So it was really, they've cleaned up some of that stuff, but it's still not very, very clear. I've actually, I'm a, I do a lot of stuff with guy. I actually produced guy Kawasaki's podcast. It's got a lot of followers and we went to get some data and it's still, it's really still not where I think it needs to be. It feels a little clunky. Eric, you mentioned you haven't even gone in there and switched it over yet. His did. And it was just still, it wasn't the smooth experience that you're used to from Apple. Cause most everything yeah. Apple wise is that's why we use Apple. Cause it's clear. It's concise. We can get what we need this isn't there yet. So they're still working on it. Um, I do want to do some shout outs um, really quick to people watching. We got my, our friend, um, uh, Rhonda Moore says, wow. And this time to Eric, you, Eric, uh, 10 years podcast podcasting. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. It's hard to believe that's a lot. How many episodes you, is that? Uh, it's near 400 something. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, Dealcasters Live, the amazing Jim Fuse and um, his, his everybody over there. Always good to see Jeff and Eric. Always good to talk podcasts. Yes, they have a podcast too. So make sure you guys go check out Dealcasters over on Apple uh, Podcasts. And our friend Sabrina says, hello, it's me, Sabrina. Hello, Sabrina. It's me, Jeff. I'm glad you ch- uh, tuned in to see today. And uh, let's see here from over on YouTube, how to grow your business says, never liked using the app. So excited if it's going to be more usable. So I w- I'm excited when it is more usable because I I'm I love Overcast. Been a fan of that for so long because so Eric, tell them the reasons why you switched over to Overcast and why you well, like it. One okay, so so Overcast is a third party app. It's an iOS app. Marco Arment makes it, and one of the he he's been ahead of the game on so many of the features that have become standard in not just Apple podcast, but third party podcast apps when it comes to smart speed, when it comes to voice 
clarity and boosting. I forget what that feature is called, but it, mm-hmm. it makes your podcast sound better when you're listening to it there. Um, and the smart speed makes it to where you can, you know, bump the speed up just slightly and it doesn't chipmunk it at all. Right. Um, one of the main things, though, that you and I really have used it for is uploading right. your own MP3 files. And and what's great, you know, hey, here here's a quick hack for people record yourself doing a presentation. This is what you do. Record right. yourself doing a presentation or something else that you need to memorize. Throw that up in there and then you can listen to it over and over again easily right there in your own podcast uh, player app of choice, which is overcast for us. So yeah, exactly. And that's what I do when I, when we actually go, like I'm on the plane and you and I have flown together going to a conference yeah. before and I've, I just sit there and listen to my, it's, I'm so glad when the conference is over so I don't have to hear myself anymore, <laughs> but uh, that it is a handy thing. And, and like it, you can do subscriptions and everything. It just works a little bit better, but I agree with uh, how to grow your business earlier. Like it, it's, it, it's, and I used to use the, the podcast app all the time. Um, and I'm hoping that they will streamline it and get it to be what it needs to be over on Apple. But, uh, yeah, so just be aware of some of this stuff. Um, because most new podcast users will probably find people from the podcast app is what I'm, and that's the problem that a lot of, uh, independent podcasters we're talking about, not like Joe Rogan, but like me, like this show is a podcast. I'm considered an independent podcaster and it's hard to find your show. If you're an independent podcaster with this new app. And a lot of people are concerned because they're going to this kind of channels and you know, these, these segments inside of the podcast app, it's going to be hard for us independent uh, podcasters. And a lot of people are upset because independent podcasters are what made podcasting. I mean, Eric and like, uh, Lou Mangiello and Tom Webster, who who we're still trying to get on is, uh, they're like the OG of podcasting. They started back, you know, 10 years ago. And so they're the ones who built it. And so a lot of people are upset. Like it team, it seems to me the app is, is moving towards commercial. you know, the commercial big boys, NPRs. Do you feel that way too? Eric, I mean, it's it's been kind of in that direction for a long time, so I'm not surprised and I've not ever felt like again, here I am talking from having done it for so long to the point where, you know, I've got that I've I've been fortunate enough and consistent enough for so long that like if you go to the Apple podcast app and type in the word productivity, like my show comes up. So Mm -hmm. I've got that SEO juice going, but that's only because of doing it for so long. What I say right now is is when you've got new people starting out that what you really want to do is focus in on your audience and your, Mm -hmm. and their community and really I I guess not worry about them as not not worry about getting mass listeners at large, but treat the listeners that you have with as much um, ownership and agency as you're you that you can honestly give them as uh, you can to to your show. In other words, make them feel like it's their show, too, in a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So our pal uh, Ramon Array says podcasting can be confusing. Y'all curate what we need to know. So hopefully we'll do that t- in today's show. <laughs> Ramon, thank you for for stopping by. Uh, I was over on his uh, clubhouse not very long ago, which is a whole different audio is just hot right now, no matter where it is. So that's what I think is great for people who produce audio. So uh, he, it was fun to be on clubhouse. And, and, and then Sabrina goes overcast, a third party third party third party podcast app yes it is so there's a couple of them out there eric what are some other uh third party ones that are really popular i mean 
Uh, Pocket Cast yeah, is a good that's one that's cross-platform. I think um, Castro is another one I think that is is third-party and and cross-platform. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other ones are. There's there's another one. Um, see, I just don't I don't right. Dabble Once you find one that just, works for you and is in your workflow, you just kind of forget yeah. about it. And like, uh, so that upload feature we mentioned with Overcast, the I'm happily I think it's ten bucks a year to have that feature yeah. for the premium. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then it, it just, and I use it also like, uh, there's some stuff that I've had from Michael Hyatt of him teaching that are, that were uh, MP3s that I downloaded. I'm able to upload those and listen to them when I want to. So it's just, it's just really handy to have that feature. Sabrina asked this question, curious, are you um, all putting your podcast on iHeartRadio? I'm not a podcaster, just asking where you're putting your podcast. So let's, let's explain for people like Sabrina kind of how that, the whole thing works. So it's almost like a website, Sabrina. So you don't put your podcast on your website. You put it on a podcast hosting platform uh, for like Guy Kawasaki's. And for this show, it's on Simplecast. Libsyn is another big one. Um, that's uh, Blue uh, Blueberry is another one. So, and Eric, you use, I can't remember the name of your uh, host. Fi- uh, Fireside. Yeah, Fireside. So you put your your audio files there and it's, you know, it goes out with RSS feed to all the players and you submit those, I mean, the, the uh, networks and you submit them there. And so, um, you're not having hosting them on your site because it would crash your site pretty much. If people were trying to pull those audio files down all the time and you had a, a decent, you know, podcast listenership, but, um, in when you have when you upload it to like for me to Simplecast, I get to p- select all the places that I want to put it. Like iHeartRadio, that you mentioned, that's when I go to. I go to Spotify. I go to Apple uh, Podcast, uh, and I like there, there's Stitcher. yeah Stitcher. There's tons Google Play. There's t- or just Google now, I guess. Is it just Google, Google Podcast? Google Podcast, and so it goes to all those different places. So um, that you can you can have it to multiple places because you want to get discovered um, from as many places as possible. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say that and that's that's why um, you definitely want to make sure that you're uploading uh, to somewhere. I mean, here's the thing. Apple Podcasts take care of a lot of them in and of itself Mm -hmm. uh, to all those different third party players, because a lot of them are tying into Overcast, for example, is tying into Apple Podcasts. Um, And and, and I know we were talking earlier about the Apple Podcast Mm -hmm. app. And there's the other big behemoth in the room in terms of Spotify yeah. and their app, but their app is even less usable <laughs> than Apple Podcasts right, right. app. So that's a, yet another reason why a third party app is just what I use. So, but here's the thing uh, uh, talking about, you know, where people are discovering it and Tom Webster, who we uh, still trying to get on, but the, there's three, there's three things that he really and he's he's found study he's done some studies and he's with Edison Research and he's found some really interesting things where people are consuming podcasts and what's really interesting and this is kind of new because we've always been told you know, like Apple's the big boy that's where you need to make sure you get everything and everything but Spotify is getting close to being tied with usership um, mm-hmm. and that was really interesting to me so there's these and you see it with uh, what we talking about a little bit with subscriptions there's kind of this fight between these two big players now which to me is nice because i always love competition because it usually ends up that the consumers and even the creators benefit from that so um, it's interesting i don't know where i read this so i'm not trying to plagiarize this but i saw it as like a headline just yesterday i think where it said uh apple uh, podcasting is apple's hobby but spotify's business i saw that too did you see yeah. that uh-huh. yeah that was really interesting and i thought that was a pretty interesting take on that and spotify is like going after it whereas apple 
they have just released all these different things. And we're going to talk more about some of these right, other things, right. but they have sat on it for so long doing almost nothing right. really. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. Anyway, so I wanted to, do, so have you played with breaker? So uh, Dealcaster says uh, breakers, interesting podcast app, Twitter bought them earlier this year. What do you know about That's breaker? Right. Yeah, that was part of the conversation we had, I think, back when we were talking about Twitter spaces Mm -hmm. and the fact that Twitter bought a podcasting app. Um, The app is not going to close down, but it's that they bought the team or they hired the team to work on Twitter, bought Twitter slash hired the team from Breaker to work on Twitter spaces. And that was a really good sign in my mind because they were actually grabbing audio people legit audio people to work on their audio tool. And I was like, yeah, Clubhouse, your days are numbered right then. So so uh, on this, before we move on to the next section with this new Apple podcast app, I want to ask you a question about it because we mentioned Spotify. So will you think the difficulty of of use right now with this new podcast app, do you think it's going to play into Spotify's hands and drive users over there? You mentioned that you don't think it's as easy to get podcasts over on Spotify, but if it's easier than Apple, do you think that will drive users to sign up over or, or listen actually over on Spotify? Well, again, I'm biased because I love Overcast so much, but I think both apps are pretty unusable. But I guess if somebody was willing to have put up with Apple Podcasts for so long until now, and now the app is still working sort of or it's broken. Here, here's the thing. I have. Let me put it this way. Spotify doesn't work all that great as a podcasting app on mobile. Um, Apple, I trust more biased again to fix their app sooner than I trust Spotify to make their app usable. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, I think that's, I think that's my take. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) I haven't thought about it yet, but there you go. So by the way, two programs that are great and work awesome, I wanted to once again give a shout out to our, uh, the way we're switching screens, having this cool background. If you can dream a live show, then you can pretty much make it happen. And that's all done by my friends over at Ecamm. And you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. In fact, the really cool thing about Ecamm when you're done with it, you can download it and it's split like Eric's track separate, my track is separate, and the the, the entire mixed version is there. It's amazing for repurposing this as a podcast, which we do. And you can find us uh, over at, on all the, your favorite places and social media is live. You can um, subscribe there, but, or, or follow there. And we'll talk about that in the next section, but make sure you guys check out social media news, live.com forward slash ecam. And the way we're going to all these different places, even over on Amazon live is by restream. They allow us to multi-stream to multiple places. And the cool thing is about that. I can pull comments in from everywhere. So you saw comments already from YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's amazing. So make sure you guys go check those uh, them out over at Restream by going to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. So the big thing that happened is that this new Apple podcast subscriptions. Now, this has followed what everybody talked about in the news is when Joe Rogan went over from his podcast, you know, he had a podcast, he made it exclusively over on Spotify. And so that was a big deal that kind of started this. And now um, we've got this new Apple podcast subscription. So during their spring event, the company Apple announced that people will be able to subscribe to content from the app for extra perks, like ad free bonus content, as well as maybe some early access. So like if you want to have a, a 
have them get access to a show a week ahead. I know that uh, Business Wars does that over on Wondery. So it's going to launch in one se- uh, 170 regions and countries this this next this month. Their initial partners include Pushkin Industries, Q Code, and NPR. And it, it what happens is content creators will have to pay Apple nineteen. 19- 99 per year in order to offer those subscriptions and apple of course is going to take 30 percent of the revenue off the first year of a subscriber's lifetime and then 15 percent for the years following so this means that if a subscriber only subscribes for one year a podcaster will like have given 30 percent of that revenue you know right at the beginning so Podcasters are really incentivized to keep subscribers around longer. Uh, And they also have to upload, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, having those service providers, uh, but podcasters will have to use for their, for the subscription content, they're going to have to use Apple's backend, not through their RSS, not through their hosting provider. It's got to be in Apple's feed. Now their other feed can still operate through RSS, their free feed, but um, this is really interesting. And this is the killer for me. Because the subscription content goes through Apple, podcasters won't receive specific data about their paying listeners, like their email email address, their names, or contact information. So Apple essentially owns the relationship. So, Eric, what do you think about this? Does this new podcast subscription, is this going to change the monetization landscape for podcasters? Should everybody start making you know gated content? What are your thoughts? Well, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. And and I think some podcasters may initially think, well, if I was making nothing off them already, then why not make, you know, something's better than nothing, in other words. And so why not do this? Why not jump in to Apple Podcasts? Because, you know, Spotify's not offering this. You're not, you're not able to do a subscription through Spotify specifically. And in fact, that is another reason. Um, that's another, you know, bifurcation of the attention and the, uh, you know, the ecosphere in, in terms of subscribers, that if you're offering it paid and bonus and whatever, like if somebody's listening to you over on Spotify, if they want to get like your ad free version over on Apple, uh, they have to do it through Apple podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so there's that one side of it where it's like, OK, well, something's better than nothing. But the problem with that is, is if you're wanting to do this long term, if you're going to have somebody literally pay you for uh, there's a plethora of different options. There's there's access, there's bonus content, there's early content, there's Mm -hmm. ad free content. All of those are options at different price tiers in Apple podcast subscriptions. Um, If somebody's paying you for that, though. Wouldn't you want to be able to connect with them specifically in some way? And, and there's no way to do that. So unfortunately, there, there are some people who will just say, well, I'll just create a Patreon instead and put my ad free version in there, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, yeah. yeah. So th- this is really interesting to me because um, I, you know, I, I love being able to pay creators and I think that's, that's awesome. But um, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of these creators are going to jump on it early before they need to. And Tom Webster has a great article that he talks about how, you know, we think that, we, you know, it's great for NPR because they've already built that model, but the independent co- uh, the, uh, podcasters really don't. And there's not really, unless you're NPR, 
sometimes it doesn't make sense. And I've, I've even talked to Lou Mangello about this, about like, cause he does Patreon and we're going to get into Patreon in a minute. But, um, you know, he's like, why with Patreon, you actually get to see who your subscribers are. I think you get their email addresses and you're able to see that content and the cut is lower. And so I'm just like, why would I, why would I do that if I can use a different service that gives me more access anyway? So, um, the, one of the big things, and once again, Tom Webster talked about this, is how important it is um, with this changing of language. Because um, even before, if you talk to like my mom and dad, when you would say subscribe to my podcast, that has a connotation because they come from the newspaper era, I guess, you know, that when a subscription costs money, you know, we have a subscription to Netflix, we have a subscription to Hulu, all those different things. So subscribe in... Every other place means you're paying money for it. Well, on podcasts, we would always do the call to action, subscribe to our podcast, but it was free. And so this is going to be even more important as we go forward as content creators and, and that are putting out podcasts is to change that language and not say subscribe to my podcast because now there is a subscription-based podcast over on Apple, but instead say follow. So what other things, you know, how should we change our, are you going to change your call to action on your, on your show, Eric? Cause I mean, you have a, a, yeah, a really big listenership. I think what you need to do is just change your language altogether to follow because overall, like you just alluded to the word subscription infers that there is an inherent and or hidden cost, a gotcha. And you don't want that to be the case. You don't want that to be even subliminally a psychological barrier to somebody following your podcast, receiving the free updates that you're giving. And what's funny is even, even over on YouTube, which I know we'll touch on a little bit on YouTube later. Mm -hmm. Um, it's subscribe to my channel. Well, right. what do I have to pay to subscribe to the channel? I, I really think overall, in, in a lot of the ways, like I, I tweeted this the other day as like, I want to create content, but I don't want to call it content. <laughs> I think we need to start changing some of the language we use and say, if unless you're really paying to subscribe, we should start changing things over to follow just yeah. in general. So. I think it's a great, and, and I think this goes back and, and I do it just as much as the next person is I forget about the end user. I forget about the people who maybe, and it's, it's still hard to me believe that people don't know what podcasts are in this day and age, but there, there's still people who don't understand. And when you say subscribe, they think, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to pay, you know? And so I think that's a great point. It's trying to think like our, our end users. So I want to bring up some comments really quick up. Hey, Fitzpatrick goes, Hey, Jeff C plus. Eric Fisher. And um, so and she also says Ecamm is amazing. Yes, we love the Ecams. And how to grow your business over on YouTube says just downloaded Overcast to give it a go. Maybe I'll become an ex-Apple podcast user as a result. Well, until they fix it, I have a feeling you will be, but that's uh, just me. And then Sabrina says a good point about the calls to action. So yeah, um, about, you know, so we're talking about following instead of subscribing over on Apple podcast. One of the things that, you know, we talked about Patreon and the, the cool thing about Patreon is that, you know, we talked about it's 30% of the, the first year is what Apple's going to take. And then 15% after that, well, Patreon only takes 12%. Um, or so that. it's, it's actually lower in some instances. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Spotify even they flipped it. I think it's 15%. Lifetime, I can't remember, but they have something for, for, yeah. for, for the podcast. But anyway, um, wh why would I, why is, what would be the reason that I would use Apple podcast over Patreon? 
Eric? Is it because the potential of a larger group of eyeballs? I mean, I'm trying to, in my mind, think of why I would not use Patreon. I would say that if it's somebody who passively just literally wants to get your content again early or ad free or I forget what the other ones are, um, have access to you in some way, although that that reaches over into the Patreon side of things. Patreon's more community driven. But if somebody wants to just passively it, think of it this way. This is actually this is a really good analogy. Um, I don't want to connect with people on on Hulu. I just want to watch my stuff there ad free. So right. think of it like think of it like paying that tax to get the shows ad free. And if you're willing to do that, there are some people they just want to reduce the friction of their most enjoyable podcast listening podcasts, you know, and they don't want to go through all the rigmarole of signing up for something outside of their app of choice. If it's Apple podcasts, which again, that debate we've already kind of had, mm -hmm. but if that's where they are and they want to just make it painless and simple and quick and easy, like honestly, there's, if Apple were to open up kind of a way to do like a, a an a la carte pick and choose like two, three, five podcasts to go ad free, mm -hmm. I might consider throwing those over in there just to make them all quick and easy to go. But like at the same time, like I like to support podcasts. I mean, I have, I have ads in my right. show. So right. like I want people to listen to them. I want those to, to, to yield ROI. So, so I don't know. That's the, that's the thing. How, uh, you know, you have ads in your thing and you make pretty decent income from having your ads in your show you would have to have a lot of people move over to a subscription model, like say, I want Eric's show without the ads, which I think there's only three ads in your show at the most. At uh, most. Yeah. And yeah. so you would, to make it so it wasn't, you know, to move people over there, you'd have to have a lot of people over there to pay for it to be ad free, to offset, you know what I'm saying? Like you're getting money from sure. ads. You'd have to make a, you know, a, a bunch of, anyway, what are your thoughts? But key distinction here is it won't matter how many people are subscribed. This kind of lowers the barrier to entry in terms of your ROI, because you could have a solid one or 200 listeners. Mm -hmm. And if a small percentage of them actually pay to get ad free or to get early access or just to tip you, I guess, you know, that's, that's an option. Um, you're going to be able to, in other words, you're going to more quickly and more easily be able to get something from your show to support your show through this method. And maybe you don't do it for forever, but again, it's, I guess in some senses, it's like, why not offer that option to the people who won't pick any other option is right. kind of, it's where my head is right now. I don't know. I'm going to land on that, but we'll see. So why wouldn't I have a, a show that's ads? And then on my Patreon model, they can go and download the, the ad free version for the people who have Patreon. I mean, why I would I go through support, Apple? I support shows that way. I at least one or two yeah. already. And so I don't know that I would. I, I personally enjoy that because that 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 support gets me access to those creators through Patreon and all the extra connection. I like that they can reach out to me as a supporter and they right. can uh, send out blog posts or mini extra bonus content and all that kind of stuff through there. So, and see, so, and so that's, I don't know. I, in other words, I think it's almost potentially too little too late on Apple's part, unless they really beef this up. 
Because the thing is, with Patreon, you have more options. So I'm going back to Lou Mangello. He's got a Patreon account when you join his. Not only you do you get other things, but you get like, you know, a, a, a call with him. Like you can do like, a, he has like group calls. He has, you know, gift packages that he sends out from his Patreon levels. And Apple just seems like, one, they're taking 30. And plus, then you're only, there are only certain things you can do audio-wise for those levels. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Because like it would be different if like I could get all those email addresses from Apple in the that are subscribed to me and I can say, hey, by the way, since you're already a subscriber, you get this, this and this, but you can't do that. And so that's what limits this to me in a big way. So the other question I have for you. So are Apple podcast subscriptions, are they locked down to just being listened to on Apple, you know, like devices or is it, you know, like, is it are you have to be in Apple's ecosystem if I wanted to? Cause I broadcast everywhere to Spotify will, how do they, do they, I guess they have to use Apple, right? To listen. There's there, there, as far as I know, there is no way. And I've seen and not seen any evidence or research that, that contradicts this, that there is no way that if you were to subscribe paid subscribe, see, I have to kind of mm-hmm. caveat that now. Um, if you were to pay subscribe in Apple podcasts to a show, there's no way to listen to that anywhere else other than Apple Podcasts, whether that's desktop, iPad OS, or iOS. Or um, I think you could probably pull it off with uh, TV OS as well mm. through your right, uh, right. Apple TV. So. so here's the big question in the room. Will people pay for podcasts? Will they pay for those ad-free podcasts or the exclusive bonus content or access to the podcaster? What say you? Have you done that? Uh, my take on this, and I think I already kind of broke, you know, I already broke this news. I don't necessarily pay for ad free. I pay to support a show. I pay to support a creator. And I think that's different. I think there's a, at least there's a difference of it in my perspective, my mentality when I go about it. I don't do it to, um, pay to get the show because I already get that for free. And I can just skip ads mm-hmm. if I, if they really annoy me, which most of the time they don't. Right. Uh, a, a good post, good podcaster knows how to make an ad enjoyable to listen. Right. To. Exactly. Uh, but and I and I aspire to that. But um, I would rather support the show specifically, uh, and or create the creator specifically, and that's why I would choose Patreon. So. So the only podcast I've ever subscribed to, and it was because it was exclusive, the entire show was exclusive, and it was on Stitcher, and it was was a Marvel Wolverine Mm -hmm. podcast, and that was the only place to listen to it. And so I get that. Now, there's been some examples of that, like if you have an Audible account, there's some exclusive podcasts that you can only hear on Audible. Uh, I think Amazon is even maybe thinking about doing, and I, and I think actually some of these Apple, um, like the Apple TV plus shows, some of their podcasts, like that are, let's just say there's a Ted Lasso podcast because that's only on Apple. That's only going to be, you know, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I've only paid for one. Uh, some of my favorite podcasts like business wars, um, has a ad free option. Not interested. I I, I mean, I'm on the mower or walking or something. It doesn't kill me to listen to. And and they do a great job with their ads. It's, you know, he's very natural in how he reads them. And it's not like a hard break or something. And so, you know, I do pay for like Hulu and those things to skip ads. But I'm just not there yet with podcasts because I think we've been ingrained that they're free for so long. 
So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a hard thing. And so now, so I will pay Lou Mangello all day for his stuff. I will go and get on Eric's Patreon all day because I know them and I want to support them. I enjoy their content. I want to see the exclusive stuff they have. I want to be the first to know because I, I have, I want to have a relationship with those podcasters just to your point. But I don't know if I pay for your show to just because the ads are gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that is the key there is in one of the things we know of in terms of podcasting is that the biggest boon to one growing a show is consistency. And one of the others is community and connection with your listeners. And mm-hmm. if Apple podcasts is going to allow you to monetize, but not connect with the community that is choosing that, then it's not going to be successful in my mind, unfortunately. Right. So this last piece of news, let's go ahead and and get this, is this, it's interesting thing that kind of ties into all this is this Apple podcast affiliates. So what is happening here is that, um, this is from TechCrunch, it's kind of broke this one that, that I found. So they're introducing a new program that will help podcast creators grow their subscriber base, which, hey, we're all for it's and it's affiliate marketing. So the company's uh, Apple Services Performance Partner Program which that's hard to say, which already exists to help market other Apple services like Apple TV, Apple News, Apple Books, is now expanding to include paid podcasts. And this new program, get this, Apple Services Performance Partner Program for Apple Podcasts, that's even worse, will be open to anyone, though it the company believes it will make the most sense for publishers and creators who already have an audience and a number of marketing channels where they can share these new affiliate links. So when users uh, c- convert by clicking through one of the links and subscribing to a premium podcast, the partner will receive a one-time commission at a 50% of the podcast subscription price after the subscriber accumulates their first month of paid service. So for example, if I went to Eric's podcast, he had a paid one, and he was charging subscribers five dollars per month the commission would be 250 and this commission would apply for every new subscriber that signed up through the affiliate channel and there's no cap uh, while anyone can you know apply for this program there's an approval process you have to go through and it's mainly to try to keep spammers out of the program you know that they have some marketing making sure that people do have some marketing channels where they can distribute those links and so um you know, they do ask for like how many channels you have available, how the partner intends to peruse them to promote their links, all those kind of things. And it's going to be made available to anyone in the 170 countries and regions where paid podcast subscriptions are being made available. So once approved and signed in, they're going to get this access to an online dashboard, which I haven't seen yet, where they can create those links, kind of like any sort of affiliate program that you've been sponsored with, where you can see the, you can create, you know, URLs for specific, specific products. So um, you can create multiple URLs and you can track everything. So, and find out what channels are performing better and they can be posted to their own tied to a listened on uh, Apple podcast badge, or can actually can be made available as a QR code. And so that can be cool. If you're doing live, I could see that happening all over podcast movement when, you know, there's those big keynotes, people on stage, you can, you know, you have it on signage or in flyers. Uh, and so, Business or even, cards. yeah, live tapings or like a live show like this. So um, it could, it could be really cool. So do you think this is going to help, you know, by leveraging affiliates that you could actually help grow a podcast subscription? 
I think so. I think this is something that potentially, I mean, we talked, I just talked about Apple podcasts and if it didn't connect you with the community, but say your listeners want to make a little bit of, I mean, the 50 percent's not bad, right? you know? Um, so if people love your show and you have, are offering a, a paid version of it inside of Apple Podcasts, and you can d- get them to link out to you and say, "Hey, I love this show. Check it out." A, you know, better copy than I just mm-hmm. randomly <laughs> came up with. Right. But have their affiliate URL in there. Um, that's pretty cool because it, in a sense, it incentivizes them to push people to your show. And here's the thing: even if they don't subscribe to it in a paid way. They're you're they're driving traffic to the follow button, I assume. It's still there for them to follow it and become aware of your show. So it's almost like paid marketing uh, for your podcast in a weird way. So here's here's something I know you've done this before um, and it may have even been business wars where I heard it on your show, because like when new shows launch, a lot of times they will go on some popular shows and those shows are paid to promote like an episode. Yes. Yeah, so Wondery this, does this with a lot of their shows, yeah. business boards being one of them. Yeah. So would this be a way, another way for maybe not like you, you, you have a, you know, a, a subscription, you know, a, a, a package you, you give to the people from your agency and all that stuff. But would this be a way for maybe smaller podcasts to make some money promoting other shows? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like, not only can you as a podcast consumer, a podcast listener, make money promoting your favorite shows, you could promote if you're if you're a podcast creator and you have like I could I mean, in in theory, I make my I have my own podcast, but I could go to other shows that are uh, that have paid podcast subscriptions inside of Apple Podcasts and push those and make a little bit Mm -hmm. in theory. Yeah. So I, I really think that this is something where you could, if you have a following on social media and you like some podcasts and you want to make a little bit of money, I think it's going to make more sense for, I see it making it a way to make money when you're driving people to like an NPR or like a big show where they're giving a good cut for, for those paid things. I just, I, I struggle with like somebody who's starting a small, like paid subscription model, trying to get, you know, give them a cut of that. Cause that's going to take away the small amount they're already getting. You know, I just, it'll be interesting to see. I, I just, I think it's going to work for the big boys. I think it's going to be a real struggle for maybe some of the smaller ones. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. So. I think what I was unclear on was if they, if the affiliate was actually getting half your pay or not. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I'm sure Apple's taking the, a cut of something. Yeah. In the end, I think, Hey, even if they're, even if they are taking something, if you're gaining subscribers through it, maybe that's worth it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something to consider. Yeah. And it can almost be like a, uh, like a Patreon model where if you want to activate your super fans, you know, we're talking about Pat Finn, Flynn's super fans book before the show, yes. but giving them, you know, a piece of the pie. I still think Patreon's a better way to do it because you can offer a more things, but uh, you could do the same thing with, you know, this affiliate program as well. So, um, one of the things that uh, in Tom Webster's articles he talks about is the importance of podcasters is building an email list. Um, is there another, is there any other way other than building le- email lists that podcasters should, you know, optimize a way to communicate to your audience? You mentioned a lot about how important it is to connect with your audience in your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, what are some and, other ways other than the, email? 
So there's a couple other ways that you can do that. Uh, again, email is the most important because that still remains uh, an imperative. But there are other ways to not just connect through like, I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, create a Facebook group. Yeah, but then you're building on rented land. Um, but then again, these other ones are, are also rented land unless you pay for them. Uh, Slack, creating a Slack channel mm. or, or slack you know instance a discord for channel. your podcast or a discord um there is a discord so one of the patreons that i support has a discord uh community and so that's got its own channels and all that kind of good stuff and that's where they post like hey i'm doing this hey i'm going to do a live stream here's the private link to that here's the link to the podcast all that kind of cool stuff and so again it it, it Patreon doesn't necessarily have good chat functionality, but Discord on top of it. And and I think there's actually an easy way to, to connect those. So I would say using some of those other ways, those other methods, those other means to facilitate, you know, dialogue and, and you know, definitely have a vetting process and definitely have community rules in place before you mm -hmm. set these things up. But um yeah, allowing more access, allowing more content, allowing more connectivity between not just you, but also your the listeners and each other really can be huge for your show. Yeah, I think those are all great points. So this is and, and you and I talked about this a little bit, but Tom mentioned in his article that he mentioned the big three now. And I, I knew Apple is one. Spotify, you know, we talked about that earlier in the show that it's creeping up and some uh, reports of uh, like listenership, they're getting close to being tied with Apple, which is a big deal. That's a big deal. That's never happened before. Apple was every, that's what you needed to be with. But the other one was YouTube. And I know a lot of podcasters who are on Apple, Apple, and then they're on Spotify, but not on YouTube. Do you think they're missing out? Yes. And I am not on YouTube. Uh, mm. as a podcaster. And this is one of the things that is like a, a weakness, a, a Achilles heel. Um, and I've tried to think about in terms of what kind of strategy, because I think that's what's necessary in terms of a podcaster. I think you cannot just be lazy and just spit out an audio version of your show over there with a visual that is static every single time, or even a, vi a, a visual that maybe changes every time I, and here's the thing i know there are podcasters who do this and they will swear by this and they'll say well it's better to be there at all than not at all you know and my take is is that i get that there are people who will go and listen to it over on youtube and leave it playing and then switch tabs and do other things right and still keep listening but YouTube is a is a visual engine. I know there's songs. I know there's <laughs> people with vision. You know, I know there's audio components with a visual, a static visual or changing visuals. But like it's not a PowerPoint presentation with audio. It is a podcast. And what I say is, is, you know, like right now we are over on YouTube. This is a podcast right. being recorded as a live show as well as a podcast. And it will be there on your YouTube channel and people should go uh subscribe to it but also a youtube strategy encompasses doing things that are helpful in the youtube algorithm which means not just having you I mean going live as part of that but i don't think putting an hour-long just audio static visual is inherent to a winning youtube strategy and instead you want to create legit three four five ten minute fully thought out, planned, processed, edited visual videos 
that are engaging as to what people are searching for that relate to the content of your podcast context wise. I think that's very, very important. So, uh, and I still think, you know, so we're live over on YouTube. People can go listen to this. This audio is going to be a podcast. We would love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us, follow us. Um, and at Social Media News Live, you can just search there. But um, I think it's really important to, now it's easier than ever to go to multiple places. I mean, we're using Ecamm to mix the show and we're actually going to bring up graphics at the end. So there'll be a spot for, you know, what, what's coming up next at the end of, for our YouTube audience. And also we're going out to multiple places using Restream where we can actually go to Amazon Live. We can go to YouTube and there's there's more tools than ever that allow you to do this and do it easier. But you also have to think about those audiences on all those different places. So um, yeah, I think it's really, really important. And I, I, I wish you would do your show. You have such, I, I told that, I told this to Mark Schaefer. I've, you know, I've told it to, um, to Lou. I've told it to you. I mean, you have such good guests. It would, and I, Guy Kawasaki, I mean, he's got Jane Goodall on there. I'm like, I want to see you talk to her. Why can't you, I mean, I think it's just, I think you guys who are podcasting, just turn on your camera. Because it's amazing. Is there a reason? There's more to it. You're not wrong. Yeah. But there's more to it than that. And you've got to start to figure out like, and that's my thing is like, I want to figure out, uh, that is definitely one of those things. Like I said, it's a weakness. So I want to figure out. Is it the editing? What do you think? Why do you think people, it's a struggle? I think there's part, I think it's one part editing. I think it's one part making sure it's a whole, it's, it's one thing to make sure that they've got decent audio. And then when I've got to make sure they've got even okay video, it's like, you know, and and that they look good enough and they don't, you know, that they don't sound like this. And well, you've got got to make sure the audio is right. Yeah. You've got to make sure the audio is right. And so I think that people will forgive the poor video more than they will. You know, if I see a blurry, uh, you know, Jane or John Acuff on your show, I don't care as long as he sounds good and I can tell it's John Acuff and not, Jeff C. Then I'll, I, you know, then I, I will. The, I would love I to watch. For it. me, it's. I think for me, it's that not every guest is going to be worth watching. So I think it's more. I'm gonna. I, I will say this, and and you know, we didn't plan on talking about this, so it's weird. But uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Jeff put me on the spot. Right. I think that my path forward with this is with key people. Right. Like especially if I were to have like you and a few other key people that I knew were going to be good on video. Mm-hmm to start that process and work through it and work the kinks out and then have it not be every episode, but specific episodes. And even then to pull clips from those episodes. The, th- the reason the I said this, because I was really surprised that Tom Webster, who is, he, he knows the data. He says, YouTube is that big a deal for podcasts. I, I always was like you, I was like, well, they're just being lazy and they're just throwing it up there. But he, in his articles was saying how important it was for discovery for, yeah, they may not, continue to watch your your podcast on youtube but they're seeing it and they're liking it over there and they're going to go subscribe to if you have it in your you know comment section or whatever i was just really shocked on how big an audience and how important youtube was for podcasters i just didn't i just didn't think it was yeah and and i and i have questions about that in terms of what that I don't know what, what what that data really means, because I'm wondering if it's skewing towards those really popular 
personality driven shows yeah. that have that are running a YouTube show, a uh, running a YouTube channel like a YouTube. Ch- in other words, they're they're using a YouTube strategy over there, and they also have a podcast, and so their podcast benefits. Whereas mm-hmm. instead, coming at it from the angle of that, I keep saying, don't be a podcaster and just spit your stuff out over there haphazardly. Right. Have a real strategy about it, and that's kind of what I'm trying to. You know, figure out doing like, for example, one of my favorite shows is done legit well, recorded video and audio and put out as audio. It's the Nate Bargatze oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, great. yeah, it's amazing to I mean, you can li- legit you could watch it as a YouTube TV show if you right. wanted to or subscribe ver- versus to, via audio, which is what I do. I choose the audio because right. I want to listen to it as I'm driving around town right. or on the go or whatever. But you can watch it. That, if it's like really good. Yes. And there are some things like I've seen those and like it's um, it has like I think it's two or three cameras that are switching. So yes, it's not it's just like switch, uh, it's, yeah. it's very and that's why, you know, I'm always switching cameras, trying to keep it active here, you doing all this stuff. Right. And so yeah. um, so I think that's important. And I one of my uh, guys I watch every Saturday, Nick Nimmin, who does a live streaming show. He um, example. Yeah, he has he he has an ATM switcher that does it automatically for him. But he also takes some of that stuff and puts it as a podcast where he answers questions from the show. And so I, I think you're totally right about doing it as a strategy. I just was really I was really shocked at how important it was for podcasters. And I think, like I said, that most podcasters, yeah, they're on Apple, they're on Spotify, and they really may not even think about YouTube. So very, very interesting. So I want to bring up some comments. Um, How to grow your business over on YouTube says, yes, up Overcast ticks the box for usability. Already have two podcasts added. Have a guess what they are. Hey, thank you, man. I, I'm hoping you met beyond the to-do list and uh, the this show, Social Media News Live. So appreciate you doing that. But that's Sweet. great. I'm glad we were able to help. And uh, yeah, uh, Ian showed up as well. Um, he goes, I'm already subscribed. Oops, sorry, I follow you there. That's right. <laughs> got to quit saying subscribe. We got to say start saying uh, follow us on podcast. Anthony says, uh, for sure, strategies were needed and knowing what you're doing is key, hence the challenge. Yeah, and it's this. I think you're right with the YouTube strategy, Anthony. It depends on you know, what you're trying to get out of YouTube and what are you trying to grow your podcast is different than growing your YouTube channel or are they the same? So I think Eric's point about um, really thinking about what your strategy is over there is super, super important. And with that, uh, I want to let Eric talk about where they can find him. What's the best place, who you got coming up on your show, some your favorite episodes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned John Acuff because I literally just had him on for his most recent book, which was uh, called Soundtracks. It's amazing. Um, I would jump in there. That's where I would go because it's one of I mean, I did a an episode late last year about my top five productivity books. This would be in the top 10. It might even inch into the top five. I'm not sure yet, but it's definitely Definitely my favorite book of his. Let's I think it's it definitely has crossed into that barrier. So uh, check that out. Go to beyond the to do list.com or type in beyond the to do list on any of your podcast player apps of choice and hit follow or subscribe to join in. <laughs> That's right. So um, by the way, I want to pull up one more question from Ian and we kind of talked about this Ian. he goes, so would you put it as an audiogram on YouTube um, or the video? If you could only do an audiogram, I think that's least movement going on. I know there's some, I think repurpose.io and maybe even headliner will do it uh, for you. And they'll actually pull images that kind of match your transcript, which is kind of cool. And I know some people do that. Um, a video, I think it's always going to work better. 
and I know you do video for your podcast, so I would do your video because you got the stuff, you've got uh, everything that looks nice. So I would, I would rather see video than just audio. Graham, that's my opinion. Same here. Yeah, yep. same here. So with that, we appreciate all you guys being here. Um, uh, once again, want to shout out to our uh, the sponsors of the show, Ecamm, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm, and also the incredible folks over at Restream at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. Restream, go check them out. If you want to do a live show, you've got to have those tools. And uh, make sure you follow Eric like at, at Beyond the To-Do List and uh, check him out. He's got, like, he's got a huge back catalog. They're all good. So go check them out. Go check him out. And also, don't forget that we are a podcast. And also, if you want to be reminded of these shows, you can text us at 903-287-9088 to get around the old pesky algorithms. We'd love for you guys to follow us over there and uh, get the updates about the show. And our next show, by the way, is on uh, next Friday, regular time. We're going to go back to uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. And that's on June 4th. And once again, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. Eric, thank you so much for being here today. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye now. Social Media Media News Live.